Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, Lacrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Welcome, welcome everyone. So great to have everyone here today. I was muted again. (laughs) I was like, hello, wait. (laughs) Welcome everyone. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. We're so glad you're tuning in. I'm Hollis. I am one of the hosts of the show. I'm the author of Divine Androgen. I'm also a psychic, a mentor, a teacher. Um, so, you know, you can check out my website, divineandrogen.com and check it out. This is lacrosse. Hey, I'm lacrosse. I am a Jewish, Taino, atheist, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I am the host of master of none and yeah, that's me. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm so glad you're here, Lacrosse. It's, it, it, uh, we missed you the last couple of weeks, so yeah. I'm glad you're on now. What you can know is that although you missed Orion, you didn't miss Orion because I Orion got sick. Um, I... And so what you should know is that he'll be back. Okay. He's already rescheduled. So okay. if you were here last week and you were hoping to see Orion and you didn't get to see him because he was sick, Know that he's already rescheduled for April. Okay. Uh, so well, that that's good. Well, that's not good. I'm sorry, Orion, that you got sick, but that's good that I didn't miss it because I noticed that when I when I saw the replay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Brighthawk did it. Brighthawk and I did our best um, because he didn't really realize he was sick until it was almost time to go on the show. So, um, so we did our best to make sure the show was pretty good. I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, for those of us that were here. And welcome, Sandy. It's great to see you. And I want to encourage um, folks to go to rainbowsoul.show, sign up for um, the newsletter because we have stuff that we're planning and stuff that we're doing. Um, so you want to make sure you get those emails. And, you know, um, watch out because we're doing we're we're preparing and prepping for season two and we got some good stuff coming up so take a moment to go to rainbowsoul.show and and sign up for the newsletter yeah. um in the meantime uh we have today's show which i think lacrosse when i asked you about some ideas i thought maybe you might have suggested this one yeah, I think it did. In a very long list of some yeah. topic ideas, right? Yeah. Uh, that I'm still working on, trying to fill all those. Um, 
And so it was very interesting because I'm like, well, herbs, <laughs> that's how I came into witchcraft. Um, and uh, that's how I started. Uh, that That's one of the first things that drew me in. I've always been really attracted to herbs, especially herbal medicine. Um, I studied as a nurse uh, when I was very young and decided to walk away from nursing because I was more aligned with the herbal remedies. Um, and there were some things that made me uncomfortable about the nursing. I did later re return to nursing and there's still things that make me uncomfortable about the, <laughs> about the nursing thing. And so it was very interesting when I met my friend who also is a nurse or was a nurse and who also loves herbs and that's actually rarer than you think most of the time when i was working amongst other nurses they didn't necessarily weren't into herbs uh but uh but this one this particular person is and so i want to welcome to the show one of my uh great friends cricket welcome hey cricket hi everybody thanks for having me Cricket, tell us, tell uh, everybody about who you are. Um, I am indeed a nurse. I uh, was a critical care, trauma, ICU, ER type nurse for over 28 years. And I actually had to retire because I had a health crisis. And so it was not a voluntary retirement. Um, but I did walk in both worlds for most of my nursing career when our oldest, she'll be 30 next month, when our oldest was very young, she had her first ear infection and we discovered the hard way that she was allergic to most major antibiotic groups. Every med that I gave her, she broke out in a rash. We discovered she was allergic to Benadryl, which at the time they said you couldn't be, but you actually can be, and on and on. So I was just stumped, you know, every time I called the doctor's office, oh, Mrs. Owens, and they had no answers for me for this little child with an ear infection. So, you know, being a nurse and being a parent, right, you reinvent yourself every day as a parent as well. So I started reading up on, and at that time, right, there was no internet to look things up on. So I was at the library and so forth and um, discovered that in other countries, they have antibiotics in, you know, Europe and South America and Canada and everywhere, but they don't automatically jump to them for little tiny children, right? She was three years old with her first ear infection. And what I discovered was that they do a lot of herbal medicine. And I had never even considered this, right? I was a super awesome nurse person that learned their stuff in school and did the thing, you know, right? So I started reading up and um, I began with very simple, just some tea that, you know, different teas. My uh, a favorite one at our house at the very beginning was simply lemon balm, linden flower and elderberry, all of which are very safe for children. And, you know, not a big mug of tea that this poor child had to try to drink. You know, I had I, I got these little like teacups that were fun and right. She and her sister would go stampeding one direction through the kitchen. And I'd be like, here, have a sip of this. And then, you know, a half an hour later, they come stampeding the other way. I'm like, here, have some more of this. And it 
worked. It was amazing. And so the, and the more I learned, right, the more you learn, the more there is to learn. And what you discover is that herbs are food. And food is the number one way that our body builds itself up and makes itself strong. And the whole point of getting sick is not, you know, I said this in the beginning, I was so cute. I was like, we're never going to get sick again. Well, it's a bunch of nonsense. The point is, is to get as to be like as un as unsick as possible. So maybe you have the sniffles and everybody else has the flu for two weeks is what I started discovering is the stronger our bodies became, the easier it was for us to fight off whatever was happening to people around us, you know, and I even started developing this little rule. Like if I heard three sneezes in a row, I'd start the tea kettle. Right. One, one sneeze is just a sneeze, two sneezes, maybe it's dusty or whatever, you know, it bumped your nose, something like that. But three sneezes in a row and I would be like, what's going on over there? Or if I heard people around us coughing or sneezing or talking about how they thought their kid might be coming down with something, I that tea kettle just got started. And then I learned to put herbs in food, you know, hide them in soups and stews and mashed potatoes and all kinds of and children are the best man if they don't like something they will not eat it there is zero way you are going to get them to so you know people were like oh you give your children all these things like no i only give my kids the stuff that they'll eat so i have to be right there's a difference between making tea and making tea that tastes good and so it took me a little time to get that uh under control but eventually it evolved into uh, our herbal website, our small, a little home business that we have called Laughing Ladybug. And that has a story as well. I, I went through this experience where I felt like ladybugs were laughing at me. And so, you know, like, what's your problem over there? Stop being so dramatic is how I felt they were confronting me. So eventually, because people kept asking, can I have some of that tea? What's that thing you use? So now you can go and read the whole story and learn more about us. My partner and I, he is our lab manager. So the things that do taste really not I'll drink anything, you know, I, the kids would be like, mom, is that paint thinner? What are you making? But the stuff that doesn't taste really spectacular, we make into um, alchemical spagyrics, which are really handy for uh, traveling for, you know, if you're at work and you don't have time to make tea or something like that, you can just put some in your water bottle or whatever. They're extremely low in alcohol. So people that have any sort of alcohol sensitivity can use them. Um, you know, I myself have, uh, am going through a challenge for myself. It'll be 90 days tomorrow that I quit drinking. Uh, alcohol to see how that, uh, you know, influenced my life. And um, so these spagyrics, you can put them into anything. I had one friend, her 90 year old father had had a stroke and the valerian that we made was one of the things that helped him to relax and, and, and be more comfortable and sleep better. But he was not going to drink water or anything like that. So she put it in his coffee every day. And, it, you know, and she's like, I can't live without this stuff. So I Plants are just, there. I mean, they're everywhere, right? Little dandelions grow up through the sidewalk trying to get our attention. So I just find that we should pay attention. They're full of vitamins. They're full of nutrients. They're, they're, they're there for a reason. Nothing is a weed, even the invasives. There's a book out now about the different invasives that, you know, nature centers are ripping out and getting rid of and stuff. 
And even the invasives have historical use. And there is a great uh, philosophy among uh, students of herbalism that, and, and I consider all of us students of herbalism, even the great teachers of the world will tell you that they're students of herbalism, um, that plants show up when we need them. That exactly what we, I, I used to amuse myself looking at my neighbor's front lawns because they would tell me their their health history. You know, people tell the nurse in the neighborhood what's going on with them and stuff like that. So sometimes I would just amuse myself looking at the weeds that grew in their front lawns. And it was hilarious how often the 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 things you would consider to be weeds that are not, you know, you can't like go to Whole Foods and buy them or whatever right now, you know, things like ground ivy and nettles. Well, nettles you can buy, uh, but there are other ones that are just not even in the Materia Medica right now. And uh, they still have historical medicinal uses. And I would be like, oh, you know, that's so great that that's growing in Big John's yard because he has heart problems. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, and whether or not we choose to ingest herbs, and this is the premise of today's show, right? They also have magical uses. They have emotional uses. They can help our mental health. They can help our our emotional health. We can use them magically for those of us that do ritual or meditation or prayer. Um, I had one uh, when I was in herb school. I went. I did eventually go to a three years program and get a, a master's equivalency degree which it was every bit as hard as nursing school because several of our instructors of the school were also uh, tenured professors at uh, University of Chicago, which if you know of that university is like very, uh, very brainy. So we really, they worked us hard. And we just found so many uses for plants and the, Thing that I would say is uh, there's an old adage that an herbalist is not someone who knows for one use for 40 plants. It's someone that knows 40 uses for one plant. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I appreciate everything you said, Cricket, about uh, herbalism. Being a strong herbalist myself, um, I also had a very similar experience with the kid, um, ex except I had already kind of started on it and then he got sick and then I found out if you gave him ginger, it would pass like a cup of ginger tea loaded with honey uh, for a little one that's vomiting and uh, it stopped it. Now, right, it's only, so empowering. Yeah, and not only did it validate for me, but the interesting thing about it was my son still remembers that to this day and he's almost 30 years old. So he'll say, herbs work better. And it's because as a child, that's, that's pretty much all he got unless he really needed to see a doctor. And then, yes, I took him. One time I took him because I couldn't figure out where the rash was coming from on his belly. Ended up he was allergic to nickel and he had a big belt buckle that was rubbing up against it. Um, so, uh, we had to do a few herbs and luckily I had found a doctor that treated with herbs. So he also gave him stuff for, uh, fevers and 
he would literally right. write on a prescription paper the herb that we needed to go get. See, and they do that in other countries. Like, Germany <laughs> is so big on that. They will write you a prescription, yep. you know, because it's a shopping list. You can go buy lemon balm on your own. You don't need the doctor to write it on a prescription pad. But they will, they will recommend those things first before they jump to the big guns, which our daughter now can take certain antibiotics. So we do. We, she saves them for the big stuff. You know, she had, she's susceptible to stro strep. And being an insulin-dependent diabetic, which is another thing I can't treat is completely with herbal medicine, right? I, she takes herbs to support the organs that are involved with diabetes, but we haven't found a replacement for insulin yet. But she can take the antibiotics, but we, can, we save them for the really important times, you know, and she's even got her fiance now is like, have your mom send us some more of that tea because he was really sick one day. And she was like, mom, I can't stand the man cold. Can you send me the tea? And he, you know, had some tea, took a huge nap, woke up, felt, you know, 50 times better and was just like, I don't know what your mom made, but it's for me. That one's mine. And there's so many, there's a, a huge list of ways that you can use herbs for medicine. I mean, it's massive, especially if you go with herbs around the world. What I, I actually was interested, I was laughing because um, Sandy actually kind of brought it up. Sandy said, my mom used to chew plantain and put it on our cuts and scrapes. Yes. Those are wild things. And I like to say, you have medicine right in your backyard. Yes. Um, there's a great book that I read, um, which I know she's not the greatest person, the person that wrote it. I'm just going to say she's not the greatest person. So don't go to her classes or anything. But her books have information in it. And then the book is uh, The Wise Woman Way, Susan Weed. Um, and Susan Weed, um, I enjoyed the way she wrote because... She wrote from the aspect of the herb. So not only did you get the medicine of it, dandelion helps with digestion and helps with your kidneys and things like that. Um, but you also got the magical effects of it. You yes. Not like the, the vibe well, you know, and people get all tangled up by that, but really, there are so many. Susan is one of them. Her her teaching uh, style has come under question significantly in recent uh, months. But there, Stephen Buhner talks about plant intuitiveness and 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 consciousness. Uh, Matthew Wood talks about it. My new actual favorite, I have it right here, so I can show it to you, is the art of herbal healing. And this is by Susan Clearwater, who is another one of us nurses. And I mean, really, this book is like just a compendium of, you know, everything. But in each section, in the in the section, in the part of the book that's the Materia Medica that lists all the different plants, she also has a significant, you know, several paragraphs of the plant talking to us telling us what it's here for and it goes through like why its flowers look like this and how it you know if its stalks are like straight or it's you know down more towards the ground and how that can appeal to us emotionally and can connect with us and that really is a significant part of what plants are about you know they don't speak to us with words like humans do they don't even make noises that we can hear like animals do but they definitely 
speak to us, tell us what's going on, offer themselves to us. It's up to us to listen and then to trust what we heard. I got something for you, Cricket. I was in Oregon at a place that had a fire circle. And on the way out, we got to stop at the host's house to just say thank you and to offer our gratitude. And as we stopped in, they wanted to show us this really cool thing where they had put these like little uh, nodes that kind of remind you of like those heart monitor nodes. And they put it on the leaves and on the stem of this house plant okay like mm-hmm. a tiny house plant and and they they had all these little nodes on it and they had it hooked and programmed that the plant itself could play the uh keyboard and i was like what and they um they simply all they simply did was i think they watered it in front of us and something like that like they stimulated it and it started to play the music. I'm serious. At first, I didn't believe that. I thought the guy was pulling one over. And he was, And then they started talking about the science of it. That actually plants and trees do have a language. Yes. Do make a noise. They do have a way of communicating. But we can't hear it in our ears. Right. If you give, if you take that vibration and change and i wish i had somebody that knew a little bit more about it but i don't know them if you're listening please i'd love to have you on the show to tell us more about this but essentially they take that vibration and they transfer it over in these nodes and then the, the plant can play music and it did uh it was i'm telling you freaked me out a little bit and then it just kept doing it the whole time um that is fabulous. See, but if you think about it, I mean, really, science evolves all the time. In the 1960s, I forget the name of the scientist, but someone came forward and started discussing tectonic plate technology, right? That the Earth has these plates, and that's how we can tell, you know, where the biggest earthquake centers are and where they might spread to and so forth as the plates shift. And it ruined this person's career because everyone said they were insane. Obviously, the Earth did not have shell plates under the surface and this shifting and all this kind of, well, now we take that for granted as fact, right? 50 years later. But at the time it was so new and unheard of and just out there, right? That this person's entire scientific career was over. So I love your story about the, I swear. You can buy the, the device. Sandy said, I saw a device advertised on facebook that you can buy to hear plants make music that oh is great. that is so, i play music for my plants today i had on um i actually what i had on was the the i had youtube on i was taking a break from you know some of the more intense news of the world and um so i ended up with youtube birds for cats and so my plants got to sit and listen to bird song and why like I was doing all this other stuff. So I had the TV kind of angled, but the plants could see the TV better than I could. And there were like just these birds hopping around and doing their bird thing and stuff like that. Just like, the, you know, the same channel that the cats would watch. So the plants had something to do. <laughs> wow. Jessica said there's also mushroom playing synthesizers, which oh. is pretty cool. 
And um, yeah, so, I, you know, I also have used herbs for magical reasons, uh, what yes. I would call magical reasons. Now, of course, there's one way, there's one way that we can talk about, which most people use the word smudge or smudging. So we try not to use that word these days because um, it actually comes from indigenous cultures. Um, so we want to make sure that we give them cr proper credit for that word. Um, smudge or smudging comes from that word and the idea and the whole idea of using, using sage um, actually comes from uh, native indigenous people of this land. Um, so I just want to say that first. So I use, I have done smoke cleansing, uh, which is what I choose to call it. So I can try not to call oh, it. I like that. Okay. Because it is used in other places in the world. Yes. They didn't use sage because, well, sage wasn't everywhere. Right. <laughs> so they did use things like rosemary, which is actually really good for spirits um, and things like that. And if you want to do this smoke cleansing, you can actually do that with rosemary. Um, especially if you have like vibrations in the room or whatever that you can't, that you can't, that you don't know where they came from or whatever. So, um, you know, so smoke cleansing. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> right. And you could use, I mean, there's so many ways to use herbs magically. And that does even include using them in things like teas and so forth, you know, to make a tea with the specific herbs for whatever magical working you're doing, whether it's, you know, in conjunction with the moons or with the wheel of the year, or even if you're doing like a special working for yourself for some kind of like prosperity or healing or cleansing or something like that. So you can make tea, you can put them in a bath for yourself, you can use um, essential oils, you know, there's a big uh, thing right now about essential oils being overused and misappropriated through some of the multi-level marketing companies, but essential oils date all the way back to the Egyptians and before. And so you can definitely use them with great respect because it takes a lot of plant material to make an essential oil. You know, it takes big vats of roses to make one ounce of rose essential oil. So to use your intuition, but also to use your, um, to be respectful of the plants, you know, we have to be respectful of, we're learning a lot more in this world in the last few years about showing respect and showing gratitude, not just grabbing things because, you know, we're human and these are ours, but to really offer something of ourselves back. One of my teachers uh, many years ago, right, shared that uh, you should, you should offer a gift uh, to a plant if you're going to be picking it. And it can be anything, you know, the tradition that they walked, they offered tobacco, which is a common offering. But again, that is also a cultural thing. And, you know, specifically to the Red Road and to the natives of this continent. So if you don't feel comfortable using that as your offering, you can carry some other kind of small, you know, bundled up herbs or something like that. And you just leave a little bit and you talk to the plant as you're harvesting it. If you have nothing, and I love this one, if you have absolutely nothing with you to offer, you can offer a strand of your hair. If you just run your hand through your hair, you usually gather one or two loose ones and you can, so you can just offer that bit of yourself. 
to the plants to say thank you for the gratitude. And that was actually how I started on my um, magical awareness of plants was, you know, first I was making tea because, you know, my nurse brain was telling me that I had to figure out something about this whole antibiotic situation. And then I started growing them because I do love plants. And so I started with a little garden and started figuring things out. And then, of course, as things do, the garden got bigger and bigger. And so one day, I was outside and, um, you know, one of the things that parents deal with a lot are ear infections and congestion, cold, stuff like that with their little ones. And that was really my main focus was um, family family first aid and um, field first aid. I've done um, herbal medicine for multiple camping events and things like that. But I was out, so I was outside harvesting um, mullein flowers. And also when you're harvesting plants, it's like, it's so meditative, you know, because you have to pick these flowers. They open day by day. So you go out and harvest some and put them in your little oil jar to make your infused oil. And I would wait until the bees had had their turn first. And so I would be out about midday and we'd be, you know, the bees and I would kind of be debating over which flowers were mine and which flowers were theirs and so forth, right? You don't ever want to take everything of something because there are, uh, multiple ecosystems that rely on that plant for their own their own um, health and their own food. So all of a sudden, I just had this total understanding that this plant was giving its children its flowers so that my children could be healthy. And that really opened up a whole new level of, like, I mean, I started just crying a little bit. It sounds silly, I suppose. But to me, it was very profound that this plant was giving its energy, its children's energy so that my children could feel better, which then evolved into an understanding that when we do as humans take these things into our bodies, we're increasing the evolution of the plant because now the plant is part of us. It's helped us to be healthy and helped us to be strong. So now it is upon us to go out in the world and do good things. And that's how the plants magically affect us, <laughs> you know, and if they give their roots, they give their life for us. And if they give the upper portion, right, like mints, you give them a little haircut, take the aerial portions, they're called, right? They're giving portions of themselves, but they even give up their future generations if you're using the seeds for something, because there are certain plants where the seeds are the um, premier desired herbal uh, component. Although really, honestly, everything from roots to seeds in most plants is of great use. You know, some, some are very strong, so we have to be careful with what we're working with and we have to really un have good plant ID skills if we're going to wild harvest. You know, you don't want to just stomp out into the wilderness and find something that's pretty and, and, and pick one. Uh, the first time I identified a plant myself, like something I didn't know, right? I knew what plantain was, I knew what violets were and stuff, but I used to like take my little backpack with my books in it and go wandering out into the little wild area by where we live. And this one plant just like drew me to it you know it was almost like it was glowing and so I just stood there with my different books and you should you know if you're using books now we have these wonderful apps that will help us but you really have to be careful with your ID so I was so excited it took me you know several minutes but I figured it out and I was so excited that I figured this plant out and I was also super excited that I didn't touch it because it turned out to be poison hemlock 
And right, so that has a place in magical and medicinal workings, but not for someone at a beginning stage like I was. So I like to stay, even though I'm well beyond that beginning stage, right? It's several decades later. I like to say that I work with things that if your dog or your baby ate the whole thing, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's excellent. Um, it's a good way to keep ourselves safe. Lacrosse, did the Taino people, um, I know other tribes did, did the Taino people make a regular practice of offering something for the plants? Uh, basically, it's just the recycling of it, like nothing was wasted. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, and like I said, we didn't, in the Caribbean where we're from, we didn't have sage or, you know, it's mostly tobacco and things like that. So it's tobacco is kind of universally here in the North and South Americas and Central. Um, but yeah, it's just giving tobacco back and things like that. Yeah, I was wondering if it was tobacco, if it was the yeah. same thing or if it was uh, something else. Um, well, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, you bring I up an excellent point, Lacrosse, and one a, a, a very important thing, one of the other tenets of working with herbs is exactly what you said, to recycle everything, to waste nothing. So, you know, if we're going to harvest, and it's fun to harvest, I got to say. I worked, you know, I worked as a, as a harvester and medicine maker when I was in herb school, and, right, it's super fun to go out and, oh, my gosh, look, there's a whole hillside worth of chickweed. We need the chickweed, right? It only grows at certain times of the year and we came back one time with like four grocery bags full of chickweed and you know we were tired we'd been tromping around the woods we had all the well we had to process it right then because chickweed is one that like really when it dries up it dries into nothing so you have to process it fresh and so we had to sit down and what's called garble go through and pull out you know any extra leaves or other plants that might be hiding in there and process this whole Thing because we had made a promise to these plants that we were going to use them. So like you said, lacrosse, you have to walk your talk. The plants expect us to walk our talk. Yeah, that's, that's really important, you know, because it's like when it starts wasting, you know, we already waste enough. We waste water. We waste so many things. It's, it's enough waste. And it's just important to make sure that you take what you need. Don't yes. take more, take what you need. That's you know, another that's rule. Thing. That's another rule of harvesting. And um, it. I, I was taught that there are four parts. Anything you find, you divide it immediately into four. So whether it's one plant or an entire hillside worth of plants. And the first quarter that you, that you determine is for the plants or the the ecosystems around that plant that rely on it for like i said for food and sustenance and so forth for itself so that quarter is not yours and then the next quarter is for the plant itself so that it can repropagate because whether we're digging roots or harvesting the upper portions it still needs to flower and make seeds and so forth right so that quarter does not belong to us either and then and someone added this one in a couple of years ago and i love this one the third quarter could be for the person who comes along next whose need might even be greater than yours you have no way of knowing who's going to come here next or why so that portion is not yours either so the fourth quarter that one quarter could in fact belong to you but again you only take what you need if you don't need all of that then just take the portion that you need and thank the plants and move on 
exactly. Yeah, I think that's really important that we um, honor that, you know, just take what you need and leave the rest. It's not, yep. it's not really hard. Um, Hannah, yes, this is the right place to chart, to chat. Great job, Hannah. You made it to the right place. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, T-Roy. Hey, T-Roy, we love you. <coughs> Good to see you. And... You know, um, herbs, like, magically, so we can use them to cleanse ourselves with the smoke. Uh, we can, of course, use them for medicine and food. Um, I've also done some spells where I have, like, a um, usually a mortar and pestle uh, where I stir them up, grind them up, um, and sometimes I burn them along with something else that I'm burning. Like, let's say I want to get rid of something uh and so i have a piece of paper with that thing written down on it you could burn that piece of paper right in the, like a spell or a ritual right so you mm -hmm. could burn that piece of paper to get rid of whatever that is and um you could add herbs in there there are some yes. herbs that can help bless that yes there are and there are different herbs for different seasons and we can get into more specifics of that if you would like um one year a spiritual group that I was part of, we were we were really into um, not just like performance magic, but also uh, arts arts and crafts. I guess you would call them, you know, witchcrafts. And so we designed I, it was several people. I can hardly take credit for this, but we designed this wonderful craft session that was also a ritual where we made candles. And we made one for each of the planetary correspondences. And so they were different colors. And in each one, we had a whole table of stuff you could choose from. And for each one, we added um, some gemstones, like little tiny pieces of crushed up gemstone and little bits of herbs into the candles so that, you know, at, at any time that anybody wanted to do like a personal working at home or was, you know, celebrating on their own for some, the wheel of the year or new moon or full moon or whatever, they could pull out this candle that corresponded to what they were working on and light it and not just pull in the energy of the whole group because we were all together doing this in ritual space, but also the energetics of the plants themselves and what they have to offer us. Absolutely. Um, I think that there are so many, um, gosh, and I just was thinking about what's a great um, book reference book. If you're, if you're I have a couple manage. here. I, have I was a couple thinking, here. of course, uh, what's his name? Um, Scott uh, Cunningham, Cunningham, Scott Cunningham, of Scott Cunningham everybody's, you know, go to guide. So that's, that's the one. original book. huh? Yes. That's the older one. Yeah, so that's one that definitely has, it has, um, like, the correspondences listed. I don't know if you can see this. In this one, I just flipped it open, right? And so here's uh, Peppermint, and it tells us, like, the folk names and the energetics of the plant, which planet it is associated with, which element it is, is associated with, um, which parts of the plant to use. Uh, basic healing powers, like the basic understanding. So peppermint is really good for healing and purification, which, you know, if we go with a thing called doctrine of signatures, which is 
from what the 1600s or whatever it, it it's it the plants tell us what they're for so if you think of peppermint right just the smell of it of a really good quality peppermint it just it almost makes your eyes water it's so clarifying and so uplifting right yeah, and then isn't that why we use it in the rub <laughs> right and this and and specific uses so then again if we're going with peppermint um scott tells us that we can add it to incenses like you were talking about you're making incense in the moment um people also you know make like incense sticks or incense cones that they then have and can use whenever they need one um charms right you can make a little medicine bag or you can have a little talisman that you carry roots are great for for talismans to carry around with you um you can make like rubs or you know like infuse them in a little bit of beeswax or any type of oil and you know so you can like anoint yourself while you're doing your workings and it's really there are so many also on this page of this book and this was really the one I wanted to talk about next is pepper I mean, think about that. You, everybody has salt and pepper in their house, right? And so salt we use magically for workings, you know, right? For protection and banishment and stuff like that. And pepper is another one. It's associated with the planet of Mars and the element of fire. And it's another protection herb, which we can use in charm bags or amulets. We can burn it with other herbs to fumigate or exercise or clear a space. Um, it's also something that is more intense when it's burning, right? You would imagine that pepper would be kind of stinging. So you don't want to use it necessarily as a, um, smoke cleansing herb, right? You may not want to use it to, right? You get it in your eyes and it's going to be kind of, kind of burning. Um, but it is a plant that we readily have available. So even just like tucking a couple peppercorns in our pocket on a day or in a situation where we're feeling kind of vulnerable can just help us to remember that we do have the power to overcome our vulnerability, to protect ourselves, to set our boundaries and stick with them. And so that's, I think, where plants really, um, give us magical power is they remind us of what we already have within and they remind us of our uh, attachment to a higher power that we can tap into to the universal when when we're feeling in need for something yeah um i don't know is there any special herbs that you remember across from your from the taino that that you guys use for anything like that well, I don't know about Taino, but I know that like uh, there was this uh, thing that used to be done years ago uh, with ginger. And they, they, of course, you wouldn't have ginger early in your pregnancy because it could cause uh, miscarriage or things like that. But when someone was past due and they were tired of carrying, um, what they would do was make what we call a, a guarapo. And what it is, is you would grind the ginger, you would boil it, and then you take her out on the full moon, make her sit directly on the earth. She'd have to drink that. And usually within 24 hours, she would go into labor and have the baby. And that was something like it, but it was only like, that was like last resort. If she was past due and she just couldn't take it anymore. That's what they would give them. And another one is lots of cinnamon, like, if there's somebody that, like I had a situation, somebody was living in my home. I didn't want them there. 
So I shoved cinnamon everywhere, everywhere to the point that they were losing their mind. Oh, I smell a cinnamon. I'm getting out of here. Okay, it's working. So it's, <laughs> it's just things like that, you know, to kind of repel that negative energy. But the main one I remember that was used the most and was with the the ginger that that was. And then we also use guarapos for sickness. You know, guarapos was for everything. Ginger was used for everything. It was just like. It's like how we use the Vicks. You know, you get sick, we put Vicks on. That's our ginger. We did the same thing with ginger. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. Well, I think ginger probably grows down there. Um, yeah, it's really sure. beautiful with a that pretty red flower. Um, See, there's and- two types of ginger you have to remember. There's wild ginger, which I think would be the one that you're referring to, lacrosse, or and then because that would be used to help initiate or stimulate a birth. And then there's cultivated ginger, which is a completely different plant. And that actually is useful in the early months of pregnancy for nausea. And like you were saying, how is making the ginger tea for your son? And this is why it's so important that you see an herbalist or a doctor or something right when you're treating health yes and as you're teaching yourself right you want to be sure to stick with the botanical names because the two gingers and now i'm drawing a blank but they have two different names in Latin. So you can verify which one is the one that you're looking for, because obviously as lacrosse shared in their story, um, the wrong one could bring about a miscarriage or initiate a birth. And that's not what you were intending. You were looking simply to help with, you know, morning sickness in a very mild way. So. Yeah, see, so, you know, especially if you're pregnant or like I was having some major health problems um, and I had to go see a a naturopath um, who's also kind of, he does a lot of herbalist stuff. And, you know, and so he looked at all my herbs and he was like, okay, I think you're okay. And, you know, I think all of these are okay. Um, You know, so I'm just saying that because I was going through a hormone transition. So if you happen to be going through perimenopause um, or uh, any kind of hormonal transition, really, and you need some help with the management of the symptoms, um, which can be really obnoxious, um, they can completely take you out uh, for some people and everybody's journey is different. But the reason I'm talking about this is because we don't talk about it. So I'm talking about it. And one of the best ways, even that regular doctors have started to notice is that it's easier to treat people um, on perimenopause with herbs. It's at least less risky because what happens is you, uh, you do, you, you become sensitive to things like stroke and, and stuff like that. And treating with hormones can raise your risk and heart risk and yada, da, da. So if you're trying not to do that and you just want to take care of your hot flashes, you know, check in with a doctor, black cohosh can really help with that. And um, I take hawthorn, babe, hawthorn berry twice a day for my heart because I was born with a heart condition and it helps bring down the stress of your heart. It just kind of de-stresses your heart. 
Um, but these things you should talk to a doctor about. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yes. And if you're not sure if um, an herb is right for you internally, and this is going back to the magical portion of things, you can still set it on your altar. You can still have, you know, do visualization and meditation and talk with the plants. One of the wonderful things that I did early on in my uh, learning period was uh, I did some uh, weekend intensives with uh, Stephen Buhner, and he's very into plant spirit medicine. And so this was like, in the 90s sometime and he warned us and herbalists will they the teachers will they will send you out in the weather so be sure you know nobody's gonna you know expect you to go you know brave the tornado or the hurricane or anything like that but a little rain right no big deal so we were encouraged to bring you know appropriate clothing and sure enough it was kind of drizzling and we were at um rosemary gladstar's place at sage mountain which is just so beautiful she's another one that is um you know of the like senior uh, herbal teachers, the ones that really brought herbal medicine into the forefront in the 80s. And uh, so we were told to go out and just find something and sit with it. We didn't even have to know what it was named. We didn't have to know anything about it. We didn't have to be an advanced student. We just went something, whatever drew us, we should go and sit with it. And eventually, right, he had a, a whistle that he blew. So eventually, right, we knew when it was time to come back. So we didn't have to worry that we'd miss being called or whatever, because you could really hear this thing. Um, so we just sat in the rain and he sent us out two times and we just were supposed to like journal whatever came into our minds, whatever this plant told us to do or to or had to say for us. And then we spent the rest of the afternoon going through books and looking up historical uses and magical uses and anything we could think of, you know, to try. And, and one student actually, she brought it back with her. It was this little dried up stick and she was like, I don't even know what this is, but here's what it told me. And it turned out that without fail, every single thing that the plants told each of us, we found a reference for in the books when we were looking things up. It was absolutely amazing. And I was a very beginning herb student at the time. So the things that I gravitated towards most were things from my childhood. Like I sat in a big circle of ferns for quite a while and just was like, I'm bad at this. I don't know what I'm doing. What's wrong with me? Right. And all I could see was like my inner child was just dancing around among these ferns. The little person that I used to be that loved ferns so much. And they were like, what is your problem? lighten up right and so then reading about fur and later i was like oh my gosh they're all about like love and protection and be kind to yourself and that's amazing to me no wonder i went and sat with these ferns for an hour in the rain because they 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 do they have such a I, i'm i'm going back to that the plant that can play the keyboard man they really know so much it's amazing um, one of the things that maybe lacrosse, maybe this was part of your tradition as well, is um, things like uh, marigold and calendula are very popular with um, like Dia de los Muertos. Am I saying it even remotely correct? They're, they're an herb of the dead. So for people that celebrate the Day of the Dead and make altars to their beloved dead, right, that's a very big thing in like Hispanic culture and, and, and other right, various cultures. And so calendula and marigold are specifically chosen as some of the plants to help decorate those altars because it's said that they are so brilliant, right, so orange and so vibrant and so full of life that they draw 
our beloved dead to them because we're like giving them a symbol of life to honor their lives and their death and what they meant to us. Right. Uh, as far as I, I, I don't really know, like I said, because so much was lost with the Tainos. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to determine because what, what could be some of the things that could be in like, let's say Central America, isn't necessarily in the Caribbean. So it depends. Right. You know, it depends. So I, I don't want to misinform and say, yes, we use that when, in all honesty, I don't know what we would have used because so much has been lost. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful things like plants in the Caribbean, obviously, that that stand out. But I can't think of anything right off the bat. What about um, one of the ones that I was really drawn to? I've done a couple of plant walks down in the Caribbean myself um, as, as an attendee, not leading anything. And the one that really just hit me was um, Frangipani. Am I saying that one right? I don't know. I don't know that one. That, oh, my gosh. The smell of it was just so – it was kind of like a combination between geranium and rose. It was just so – vibrant that I, I, you know, they, they had some little tiny like dram bottles of the oil for sale. And I was like, yes, please. And it just like sat on my altar. Cause it just was so like just peaceful and beautiful. And, you know, it just brought like this loving energy to me at a time that I was really going through some stuff in my life. And so every once in a while I would just be like, Oh, I remember walking around the, eco tour when I was in the Caribbean and here's this smell and I'm just going to sit with it and it's just going to tell me everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, smells that come from the rainforest like that. Um, hey, hold on a second. We have Jamie angel. I liked what you said, Jamie, you said that the multi-tool spice I recommend to new magical workers is pumpkin pie spice. Protection, prosperity, love, friendship, and communication. You know what's interesting about that, Jamie? I also have a quickie that I'd like to especially offer to people in Pennsylvania, um, especially if you're dealing with spirits that may have been or connected to the Amish community. Um, use clove oil. Mm. You know, have you ever seen in the Amish shops, they have they always have little bottles of clove oil when you're checking out. And you're like, why is, why, do you know why they're doing that? Because they believe that clove oil cleanses spirits. So mm-hmm. if you are dealing with spirits that are coming from that culture, that's what you want to do. You want to use that clove oil, just sprinkle a couple little drops in each corner, and you'd be like, wow, that really worked. Um, so I'm just going to say that that's, all, that's my quick tool uh, tip, like Jamie had one. And I also uh, I want to let you know, Cricket, that... Uh, uh, Casey said wild ginger. Thank you. Yes, there it is. And then he had the other one. Culinary yes. ginger is Zingiber. Yes, I'm not even sure you. how to say that. Zingiber. I, right? I, Zingibers and gibber. I never, it depends on what day it is as to how I say it. Um, Cunningham also has a magical aromatherapy book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that specifically deals with the essential oils and again, gives, you know, magical uses. And I was just looking up clove here and that uh, some of the magical influences that he at, attributes to clove are healing, memory, protection, and courage. 
right? And what else do we usually find in pumpkin pie spice? We find cinnamon, we find nutmeg, right? These are all herbs that have both medicinal and magical uses and can help us to um, also they have emotional and you know mental health and emotional health attachments um, things like flower essences are very big uh, the flower essence repertoire is a book that I could never keep on the shelf at our house because once my kids became teenagers, they were forever looking up every single solitary bit of teenage angst for themselves and their friends. And then they would come, you know, find me, mom, I really need to know more about there's these different plants to talk about being true to yourself. And so this one and that one, and right. And it just, it's so fun. And so flower essences can be another way that we can work magically um, with plants and mm -hmm. um, guide ourselves emotionally. Yeah, I've actually uh, used the, the actual flower as well, uh, especially with like uh, roses and daisies and things like that. Um, I like to actually like get flowers and like pick them outside and the whole nine yards. Right, <laughs> and you can put them on your altar. I love making flower essences. They're so much fun because they really just making them is magical, right? Because you harvest, you have your crystal bowl with your purified water in it and you harvest the flowers and if you can you let the bowl sit next to the plant in the sun and then you make like a very strong infusion with the flowers um another magical one that's really fun is making um, a moon essence those are really neat i used to uh one of the places that we used to live had a southern exposure and so our dining room right the moon would just go across the dining room table all night long and working as a night shift nurse you know I, I i wouldn't be home but i would know where the moon would fall on the table so i'd have this bowl with these herbs in it and and all night long while i was at work whatever we were doing i would just be like Shh, we're making the thing and in the morning i one that I made one time, I made with uh, fresh valerian from our garden, and I swear it was effervescent. It was so, like, bubbly and just filled with awareness. It was really cool. Beautiful. Yeah, it looks like we're coming to the start to get to the end of the show. Thank you for... Oh, boo, I could talk for days. <laughs> I do want to reach out to the community and say, if anyone had a dream... You need to put it in comments now. Um, um, and, you know, we're, we're going to start uh, closing up here. And I just wanted to say that, you know, herbs are beautiful. There's so many different ways you can use them. Um, the one last thing I wanted to make sure that I shared was um, I went through a time when uh, I was going through, like, trying to figure out if I wanted to be, like, a trans man, if I wanted to transition fully. Uh, so I was struggling with my monthly cycle, okay? And it, it was also the beginning of perimenopause, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, and actually, I was just uh, trying to deal with that, okay? So um, I ended up um, doing like a meditation. So when I would get sick, when I would start getting the cramps, and you know that feeling that you get uh, if you cycle once a month, you know that feeling you get where you don't want to be around anyone, where you're like, fuck everybody, leave me alone. <laughs> You're kind of like, just close the door and leave me alone, right? That feeling where it doesn't feel very good. Um, so what I did was I made myself some mugwort tea. Mm. And um, I also put a couple of other herbs in there, like uh, motherwort and stuff like that, that would help uh, with 
my cycle, um, like with cramps and stuff. And, um, and, and, and I, I went and drank it. Now, if you know mugwort, it can kind of make you a little visionary. It's not hallucinatory. It's not, it's more like weed. Okay. Um, and, and it just gives you a little bit of like this, it's supposed to open up your third eye and, um, because there was this belief that every monthly cycle is, is a magical time for a person. A person that's cycling every month, they actually are having a, a very magical experience when we're truly connected to nature. It's And it's a very raw connection, right? And they give the advice to go bleed on the ground. And so I was just waiting, uh, just getting started on my period. So I went and sat on the ground naked and drank this tea. And um, I had the vision. I had a vision at the time that um, I not only had a vision of the Buddha, but I also uh, got that the Buddha was uh, non-binary, that they didn't necessarily express their gender the way everyone else did. And although they didn't have a word for it at the time, that actually the Buddha's expression was very non-binary. Um, and in fact, most divine entities are non-binary or they have an aspect of having both genders present within them. And in fact, almost a lot of people do. In fact, everybody does. Some level masculine and feminine in themselves. And um, the more I explored this and the more I sort of woke up to this and I had, it's not something I hadn't thought of before, but it became more strong for me. And it, and I got a reminder that this one day a month that I was feeling sick and feeling like shit, I could make that one day much worse by hating that I had a monthly cycle or I could make it my most magical time. And I could connect in with that gift that is given to cycle every month and tap into the magic of what that is. And uh, so I'm just going to say, if you're non-binary and you're out there and you're struggling with your monthly cycle, you might want to try some herbs or some meditation or sitting on the ground so that you can take that week or so that you suffer about knowing that your period's coming and it creating dysphoria. Instead, try to narrow it down to that one day and give that one day to the divine feminine and the ability to reproduce and the the life that we uh, that people with uh, ovaries and a womb are able to hold within them. Um, so I just want to say, you know, like if you're if if that's the only reason you're transitioning um, to stop your cycle, your monthly cycle, just try and see if that works. See if it works for you. It may may not. I don't know, but I wanted to make sure I said that. Right then, I wanted to share. One more book that is not, because we talked a lot about Scott Cunningham, but this is one that I've had a lot of fun with, A Druid's Herbal. And this is by Ellen Everett Hopman. And it goes through the wheel of the year and so forth. And another fun thing that um, I had marked for us were that it does give like the planetary um, correspondences 
for the different herbs. So if you wanted to build a garden, even if you were into gardening, even just a little container garden or something like that, if you wanted to honor, like you just said, have something to honor the sacred feminine, because you're trying to work with that energy in the course of your transition or understanding who you are as a person, you could build yourself a container altar that contains herbs to, and things like Venus to me is um, not so much masculine or feminine as it is just about learning to love ourselves and being in that place of self-love. And again, perspective matters. So to be able to connect with plants in that way is, uh, is another way to um, bring that magic into our lives. Fantastic. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And um, I, we're going to start doing our tarot reading to wrap up tonight's show. Um, I so appreciate you, Cricket. I appreciate all of your knowledge about herbs. It's a lot. I know it's a lifetime study. Just like Oh, thank you for having me and letting me ramble on. I enjoy it so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I appreciate having you. I appreciate your knowledge and um, appreciate you being here and, um, you know, I just want to say to people that whatever magic you're doing, whatever you might be doing, you know, don't be afraid to tap into your own instincts, your own intuition. Um, the first time, you know, I encountered jewel weed, I had a very special experience and a similar experience to you, Cricket, where you sit with the plant. And I did a very similar and still do a very similar uh, practice to master an herb. I like to go through its entire life cycle from seed. I like to try to grow it. I like to harvest it and replant it, um, dry it, use it as medicine or whatever it needs to be used as. Um, and I like to do that. So um, it's a fun process. If you're into herbs, it's a fun way. We to can do it at um, like nature centers or botanical gardens, places like that. So for those of us that, you know, don't feel confident with our growing skills or don't have a wild place that we can go and wander in, you can just simply go to your local botanical garden on, you know, flower day or whatever and just wander through. And again, you don't need to know the name of anything. You don't need to understand the Latin. You don't need to have your book with you that gives you magical anything. You know, you can just wander through until something plant and they really do they're kind of like hey over here and it may not even be right something majorly it could be the littlest tiniest thing in the whole area or something that they didn't intentionally plant but just go sit and feel the flow of it you know or um another exercise that we did when i was in herb school was a plant journey work Right. You can sit with if you're not a drummer, you can play drum meditation music or something like that and just sit and imagine whatever, however you get to your journey space. So, you know, if you walk down a path or through a cave or over the rainbow bridge or whatever, you know, specific method speaks to you. And then just ask what what plants are out there? What would like to come forth and tell you something? And then, you know, just like um, lacrosse does with dream work, when you get a plant, then just start looking, you don't have to know anything about it, but just start looking it up and finding out what it was and why it came forward to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. And Hey, you guys, if you guys have a dream, he can still interpret it. Um, and I also know that if you have a hard time sleeping, a uh, pretty cool thing to do is make a pillow full of lavender. 
Um, and you can actually warm it up in like the microwave, uh, as long as long as you don't put any zipper <laughs> on it. Um, and you just fill it up like that. And well, I've seen somebody put quartz, I think, in there. And uh, and you know, you could put that in your little pillow, put that under your head. When you smell lavender, it helps you relax. But also the herb itself, just having the herb in your vibration. So, um, and you know. To prove about the herb vibration, the vibration of an herb, um, I just want to say that, like, sometimes I have meant to take a medicine and didn't take it. And I think sometimes by having the herb even in my hand or whatever, like the tea, like I was sick, I made the herb, I drank half of it, but it didn't quite, you know, I didn't, qu- I didn't finish it or something because I was sick. And then that kind of experience I've noticed it still has an effect on you just by connecting, by being there and being like, Oh man, I feel awful. I'm going to drink this ginger tea in hopes that it'll make me feel better. Right. Um, so just, that's another thing, just having it in your vibration, having it in your space. Yeah. All right. We're going to pull three white. Okay. Jamie said, if you do the pillow, white dream pillow with lavender, frankincense, and mugwort. I know mugwort can help you sleep. Um, I like that you put frankincense in there. I wonder if you can smell it still through the lavender and stuff. It probably can. Frankincense is one we have to be a little careful with because the trees that frankincense is harvested from are, in fact, at risk. And sometimes frankincense is a very popular essential oil right now. And as we talked about earlier, right, essential oils require a lot of plant matter in order to make the thing. So just to be aware, I'm not saying not to use frankincense because it has a lovely smell and I enjoy it too, but um, to be aware of our choices and, you know, like lacrosse had brought forward earlier in the show to, you know, be thoughtful in our use of things to not overuse something because, you know, frankincense is in an awful lot of things right now, but to use it as a talisman or as a magical tool or something like that, and especially a dream pillow, right? Because that's something that you can use over and over again. It's something that you can rejuvenate by adding a little bit, just a drop of essential oil and, you know, just giving it a little pat to puff it up or whatever. And so using the plants in that way makes them, um, last longer it may it gives us like the full range of of use out of the life of the plant i did want to make a quick point um i know some people use palo santo um now Mm -hmm. there is uh there's your palo santo that uh but there's like now you can even get it in five and below just be careful with that because like perfect example like i know in in body gang in puerto rico to get a Palo Santo, the trees are at risk and you cannot just go and harvest. So, but there are places where the trees are at risk and they are harvesting it just to make a buck. And in, I know in Puerto Rico, you have to wait until the tree falls on its own and it has to be completely detached. Like whatever, like there's a special way to get Palo Santo in Puerto Rico. You can't just go and cut a tree down and get Palo Santo. But with that being said, just be careful where you get your Palo Santo from. 
Yes, there are sustainable yeah. resources, and then there yeah. are people that are just out to make a buck. Yeah. So with any of those plants, you're right. That's an excellent point. Is you to can make just look. You should be able to resources. Yeah, yeah, you should be able to just look at the packaging or the information about it, and it should yeah. say responsibly sourced. Yeah. Um, I can say that um, although we have not had her on the show yet, that Mermaid Arts, so it's M-E-R-M-A-D-E-A-R-T-S.com, um, mermaidarts.com offers um, like Palo Santo and Frankincense that, and, and it says they are responsibly sourced. Okay. Um, so that's what that means. I just put um, her website in the chat so you guys can take that. And, you know, Cricket, if you want to, I know that you have, I just was sitting here thinking as I was shuffling my cards, I was like, don't you have an herb deck? So I, I pull three do. cards and you pull, you, you do your own pool when I'm done mine. So get your cards ready. I, and, I did. I, I was inspired. You have a, yeah, cricket. They have a herb deck. They have a deck that's just for herbs. I have an. I have a deck that's just for queers. No, it's not just for queers, but it, it's very queer. Um, this is the Love Is Love deck. It's a pride deck. You can get it online, and it's a collaborative project. Each card is done by a different LGBTQIA artist. Please. Take what you like, leave the rest. It's probably not meant for you. You know, this is a group reading. This is for everybody listening now and later in the recorded. So so please take anything that resonates with you, take it in your heart, and uh, I hope it works out for you. The first card is a reminder of the past, and it's actually a reminder to celebrate connection and love. It's actually um, a reminder to... Um, to celebrate, you know, uh, getting together, celebrating couples, celebrating people uh, coming together, and even um, even like friendships and things like that. So this is a very special card in that way. And you can see this person down here at the bottom. Um, they are clearly non-binary. And every time I look at this card, you know what occurs to me is not only like marriage and stuff, but the role of gender variant people in the past in our history as a human race um especially since this is in the past thing that it um there were a lot of gender variant people that did a lot of marriages um in hawaii in hawaii culture the transgender people often did marriages and helped manage relationships. They helped bridge the gap between masculine and feminine. And I know that's true for a lot of other indigenous cultures and ancient cultures that uh, did not shun their transgender people. They instead celebrated them and they were like shamans and they did a lot of the marrying. So every time I see this card, that occurs to me. And I and I am reminded that transgender people, we do, all of us, bridge gaps. Maybe not always with relationships like, or and things like that, but we do bridge often. And that is often a role of a person that is transgender. So it's a reminder of that. And that's what this is about. This is about our connections, including our connection to ancient humans, right? And this is right now... Um, this is um, a very interesting card because this is about power. And this is exactly what we're seeing in the world right now. 
we are seeing a display of power. We're displaying, we're seeing people abuse power. We're seeing people um, try to use their power for good, right? Uh, we're seeing all kinds of things like that, but we are currently seeing the dynamic of power. And this is to bring attention to it, especially to those doing a good thing. So uh, for instance, I'll put a link to a special fundraiser that's supposed to help kids in Texas. Um, and you can get free games, lots of like, I don't know, it's like 700 um, RPG tabletop games that you could get. And that's what it's about. They're, they're good people trying to help transgender kids in Texas, okay? Because the power is being misused, right? And so that's what this card is all about. It's reminding us to use our power for good. So we can do certain things that are good for the world and we can use our power, our voice, our money, our dollar bill, our choices, what we choose to watch on TV, who we choose to associate, associate with and things like that and what kind of information we spread around. That's what this card is all about. And that's what it's meant to, that's what it's meant to bring forward is remind us of the dynamics of power. And going forward, you know, this card is all about magical intentions and things like that, especially as we're going forward to be aware of your intentions and your boot, the beauty around them and how if you set your intentions, they can actually come true and are likely to come true. That's what this card is all about. It's meant to remind you that when we set our intentions and go forward, that they whatever is in your mind that you're going to manifest that's what you're going to manifest and that's what this that's what this is all about so again you got the past of this the reminder the reminder of relationships and couples and the bridge building that transgender and gender variant people do often do in most cultures remember to embrace that especially around emotionality and that right now we can be aware of the power dynamic and we can use our power for good and everybody has some power i assure you all of us have some power um and this card here which is the future which is all about manifesting what we want and if we have that in our mind that's exactly what we're going to do so friends please take what you like leave the rest and you know i appreciate you listening thank you cricket do you have some cards It's been entertaining me of late, and I do a, a daily reading for people that are interested on my own Facebook page, and I share it on Tumblr and Instagram and so forth, um, is the Herbal Tarot, which was originally designed by herbalists uh, Michael Tiara and Candice Canton, and it, it there is a companion guide, uh, The Spirit of Herbs, and it goes through the... Uh, correspondences of the cards themselves and each card is paired with an herb so you can also learn I know some teachers use these actually as like flashcards for learning in their in their herb classes in their materia medica classes and um, some people take objection to you know like I had one person say that the moon in this deck is paired with lemon balm and they were like why isn't it mugwort and so forth and I don't know I didn't channel this deck so this is what it is so I, I drew three cards um, as well. 
And the first one is interesting because it was actually um, today's card that I did in my reading, although that one was inverted. And I do read inversions. It took me a while to get comfortable with them over the years, but I eventually learned that inversions are about going inward. It's about taking that same energy and um, looking within ourselves and bringing that energy forth into the world as opposed to it meaning something negative or the opposite of what the card says. But these three cards that I just drew all happen to be upright. So for First, we have um, the medicine wheel, number 10, which I believe this is the wheel of fortune in other decks, right? The number 10, I'm drawing a blank on what it is in other decks. But in this deck, it's called the medicine wheel, which a medicine wheel is a um, spiritual circle that was used in multiple but again indigenous traditions so you know we don't want to be culturally appropriating somebody but this card does refer to the medicine wheel and it is paired with slippery elm and slippery elm is another plant elm trees are at risk right but what what plant are you going to ask when you're living through a pandemic and a whole bunch of world crises but a plant that's lived through its own pandemic to near extinction with the Dutch elm disease, all the elm trees that were affected so horribly at that time. So slippery elm is an herb of nurturing. It is an herb that can also be used as a food for infants that are having trouble nursing or for those who are sick or the elderly, those who are having trouble with their nutrition, with their food intake. Um, you can use it to make kind of like a, a porridge or a gruel. And so the medicine wheel reminds us, right, that we have this whole connection to everything. It goes in a circle. Everything is interrelated and interconnected, and it all nourishes us. So we're going to start there with the, with the awareness of things nurturing and nourishing us. And then the next card, interestingly, we have another circle and this time we have the world. And this is a beautiful, I, I, I love how many of these cards have been coming up lately that have um, yellow and the bright blue as their uh, primary colors in the cards, which brings us to world events. And so here we are with the world card. And again, everything is in a circle. Everything is interconnected and interrelated. And comfrey, if you can see that, is the plant that is paired with this card. And comfrey was also referred to as sometimes as knit bone uh, in its uh, common or colloquial name because it was frequently used to help with uh, muscle and bone injuries. And so as a spiritual or a magical plant, comfrey helps us to bring things back together, to knit together those parts that feel like they're falling apart for us, that are coming unglued. We can look at the beautiful bell-shaped flowers of the comfrey and the center stalk that reaches up so straight and so tall and we can also know another wonderful thing about comfrey itself is that even the tiniest little piece of root left in the earth if you're harvesting a comfrey plant or you want to move it to somewhere else that if you leave behind the tiniest piece it will grow again into a great plant so comfrey reminds us that we we will always come back to ourselves you know through the through the circle and through the connection of the world that even in moments of devastation there is still life 
And then our third card for today, and I swear the plants were listening to us because here we have Ginger paired with the Eight of Pentacles. And Pentacles for me is a suit of uh, physical manifestation, right? Swords are equated with air, wands are equated with fire, cups with water, and then the Pentacles of the Earth. They're the manifestation of all of the elements that we've been working with, the things that we bring into this physical life. And in the Eight of Pentacles, we have um, a craftsman or, or a, a worker taking a moment, taking a pause, and looking at what he has created thus far, right? Eights, we're not yet at the 10 of the suit, so we still have a bit of a journey to go, and then we have the court cards to go through, so we still have time. But we start to see by the time we get to the eights that we really do have talents and gifts. We really have accomplished things. We really have brought stuff forward and manifested it in our physical life. It, it doesn't matter if it's big or small, right? One of my kids wanted to know one time, uh, why wasn't I ever going to be a world famous herbalist? And I thought that was just, you know, it was, it was snarky teenager speak, but it was so funny because I thought I don't want to be a world famous anything. I just want to, you know, bring some joy, some happiness to the corner of the world that I happily stand in. So that's what this uh, card reminds us is that we do have a lot of gifts and things that we bring forth into the world. And ginger, that it's paired with is an herb that gets things moving again, right? It helps to calm things like nausea. It helps to expel things. If we have like a cold or certain types of fevers and things like that, it can help our body to get rid of those things. But it also helps things like our digestion to just get moving again, to just get going in a, in a positive flow and move in a way that pleases us. So these are our our three herbal cards for today and the plant people are reminding us that we can make it through. We can, ah, there it is. We can make it through. We can knit back together that which we thought was broken. We do have the power to bring things back into circle and balance for ourselves. And we have all that we need to get moving again. So we should embrace our spiciness and our sweetness in life and bring forth our gifts for others and for ourselves. Oh, fantastic. I love it, Cricket. Thanks so much. And I do, I know, Jamie, I noticed that too, that all three herbs together are tied to healing of sickness. That's true, right? Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, thank you all for listening. And, you know, I want to just send out that Rainbow Soul, we are trying to find some financial support. So there's a couple of ways you can support us. So, of course, you can go and buy some of our totally awesome merchandise. And that also helps us, even if it's just, a, uh, you know, something simple like a glass or something. And they're also on Anchor. There's a way to support us regularly to like give $1 a month or $5 a month. And every little bit counts, you know. We have to pay right now. Our outcome is things like StreamYard and some other services like that um, that help us get the word out and make the show happen. So we appreciate. And of course, Lacrosse and I don't get paid or anything like that. We haven't made a dime, um, <laughs> neither one of us. And uh, 
you know, um, and so, you know, we are just hoping that people will try to support what we see, what we're doing and be willing to support because rainbow soul, we're doing a couple of things here. We're not only shining the light on some things that not everybody talks about, but we're also making space, safe space for gender variant people and LGBTQIA people, making it safe for them to be able to communicate with us, um, as well as to be able to have a show to watch where they can be like, there are examples of me. <laughs> there are examples of people that run their small business or whatever. And so it's really beautiful. And we also um, insist and uh, spread the word that queer, that non-binary, that transgender is sacred. It is a sacred path. There's nothing wrong with you. That's who you're supposed to be. You're on your right path. Don't let anyone tell you anything otherwise. Um, just poof. Poof. Okay. And that's the next t-shirt I have to design <laughs> that Jamie wants to win or, or Sandy. Poof. Poof okay. Out of the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get poofed out of the kingdom. So, my friends, we have had a great night. And thank you all for supporting Rainbow Soul. Thank you, Cricket, for coming to the yes. show. Thank you so much for bringing this beautiful information. And I want to thank Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Um, have a great week to you too. And thank you, Jessica Garcia. It's so beautiful to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, um, and of course, Jamie Angel and everyone else that tunes in on a regular basis, please like it, subscribe it, share it. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. Uh, really easily and you know just share it around spread the word help other queers get connected and uh be sure that if you have a special guest that you'd like to be on the show get them in contact with us so we can get them on the show okay all right everybody we love you and good night good night Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline, follow us on social media of your choice, and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine. Support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul.
get cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul, putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show. Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So what exactly does that mean? It is a figure of speech in reference to a person who has dabbled in many things rather than gaining expertise by only focusing on one. So much knowledge and wisdom out there at our fingertips, yet so difficult to grasp. Everything and everyone has a little piece of the truth, and it is up to us to determine what our truth is. In this busy world, creating the time, the space to nourish our bodies, mind, and soul has become a difficult task. So let's take a moment to learn something, something small, in whatever way the universe decides to reveal it. It could be someone's story, a quote, a spiritual practice, maybe a song or a movie. The opportunities are limitless and all around us if we just take a moment to see. We are all students of life experiences. So let us learn from one another. There is no right or wrong path. There is only your path and your journey. So let's begin our adventure and explore all the world has to offer. And let us become a master of none. Divine Androgen. A Sacred Path for Gender-Variant People. This book details Hollis's story, including some insights into their traumatic childhood, their gender experience, and how they now celebrate empowerment as a non-binary person in a binary world. Hollis details a path for gender-variant people for personal empowerment, acknowledging that all paths, all queers, are sacred. There is nothing wrong with anyone that is queer-identifying. This book supports any kind of transition, gender-fluid people, queer folks, transgender people, anyone bending the binary. This book supports healing from our past, defining our truth, and harvesting our authenticity. This book supports the spiritual part of the journey and lands in your own expression of authenticity. A path of consciousness, not religion. This book is not religious and is in no way related to Christianity except perhaps in opposition. Choose empowerment. Choose to honor your divine androgen. Order today at www.divineandrogen.com.